Welcome to the Anxious Filmmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Broadhead. This podcast will teach you new and exciting ways to make money that still leave time and energy to do the things that matter most to you, like spending time with family, traveling the world, hiking Mount Kilimanjaro, or in my case, producing a series of ever-improving feature films. We'll be interviewing wildly successful entrepreneurs and amazing movie-making filmmakers to figure out the best ways to make a lot of money and the best ways to use that money to live the life you've always dreamed of living. To see short videos of the best moments from this episode, go to at AnxiousFilmmaker on TikTok and at TheAnxiousFilmmaker on Instagram. Oh, and don't forget to download my free guide on the 14 ways to afford your dream life without really trying from our website anxiousfilmmaker.com now let's get the episode started quickies is a fun segment where i give myself and my guests 15 minutes to get as deep in conversation as possible i am always amazed with how much ground we can cover and how much value we can share in such a short amount of time if you've only got 15 minutes to get closer to living your dream life then this is the segment for you all right welcome everyone uh, I am here today with Carl J. Cox. Um, he is not the DJ, uh, but he, he still has some awesome things to, to share. <laughs> um, Carl, uh, welcome to the show, and uh, thank you so much for being here. Can you, can you give us a, a quick bio on yourself? Sure, sure. So um, once again, my name is Carl, Carl J. Cox, and um, and it's funny if you know if you if you're a DJ fans out there, you'll if you go to CarlCox.com, don't go to that website. That's not me. FortyStrategy.com is where you can find a little bit more about what we do. But in a nutshell, uh, what my career has been is to as an executive, I've helped organizations grow from three to five x by focusing on the right metrics, by focusing on uh, not only creating a strategic plan, but getting them done. And so that's what I do today. I've gone off my own, have a team that supports, uh, we, we primarily focus with two types of companies and organizations. A, companies that wanna grow significantly, and they look to us to help them come up with a plan. And then the second group of people we work with are those who are stuck and they need to find a way to turn it around. So we help them as well. And so it's been a lot of fun. And uh, so that's where we spend our time on a regular basis is just helping people out achieve their dreams. And it's a lot of fun helping them get there. Nice. How did you uh, develop this focus on helping business businesses grow? I think it's part of my DNA. Um, you know, I, I, I personally have been a part of I think it's four or five companies that have, have increased between three to five X and even more than that. And honestly, I, I, I'm a believer in the Jeff Bezos day one philosophy. You know, day one is growth. Day two is stasis. And I don't like stasis. I don't like it when things are status quo. Um, day three is death, according to uh, Bezos. And so my focus is to always be with organizations that have a growth mindset or need to create a growth mindset. And I love to help them get there. And I love them help to see the possibility as to what to accomplish. And, and so that's where I found myself in this realm. It's really no different than what I've always done. It's just now the difference is it's, it's, a, it's a new company and organization helping others to get what they need to get done. Historically, my career has been within companies helping them getting it done. Mm -hmm. Nice. And the four to five companies that you uh, developed this program and strategy uh, with, 
were, were those companies that uh, you started or that you were a part of, or how, how did you get involved with those companies? Uh, most of the companies I was in executive role um, from CFO to executive VP of operations to um, CEO. Uh, so, so I've, I've been in all different realms and all different parts, but nearly all of them w- was when I was in an executive role with the company. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, that's awesome. So what, like, like walk me through kind of a, a typical um, establishment of a three to five X growth plan? Like, like, what does that look like? Well, you know, it's funny when I use the term three to five X, right? Because growing a company from 1 million to 5 million is a lot easier than it is growing a company from 5 million to 20 million than a company from 20 million to hundred million, right? So, so sometimes 20 to 25% growth is honestly really significant if they've only had three to 5% growth comparison. So sometimes it's even a growth comparison to what it is. But what I think the number one thing you have to do is you have to think you have to think about your really big long-term goals first. And, and when you set a, a long five to 10 year, big, hairy and audacious goal, as Jim Collins likes to put it as, it forces you to think differently. How do I need to change my systems? How am I going to envision this future where we're three to five times bigger? Because often it's our own mindset that stops us from getting there. So that's number one. And then two, once you get the crazy goal way out in front, then you have to pull it back. What can we do three to five years from now? And then, and then you figure that out. And those are stretches, but they're not as big of stretches. And then you pull it all the way back to one year. What are we going to do one year from now? And, and so you, you kind of do this reach way out and then pull it all the way back. And then consistently, when you, when you start moving forward to get towards here, how are you continuously keeping yourself uh, aligned? right? With this vision that you had in the first place and making sure you're heading the right direction. Because as you do grow, there's going to be so many opportunities to where to go to. And are you still going to stay focused on where you should be? Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's a really uh, interesting, um, but very pragmatic way to do that. Re- reach way out. And well, I, I guess it's, you could almost compare it to like writing a story and starting at the end and working your way back. Yeah. One, one of the common thing says keeping the end in mind, right? So when you keep the end in mind, it, it bases you for where you are today. And it, 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 you could kind of go back to the old book, Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich, right? It's the same concept. When, when we think about being great, when we think about being big, all of a sudden, all of your thoughts, all your subconscious thoughts, starts driving you in a path to get in that direction. And it's amazing. There's, there's almost this magic that begins to happen. All of a sudden, these opportunities come in. It's sort of like when you buy a new car, right? You buy a new car and let's say you buy, let's say you buy a Tesla. And, and initially, you may have not have noticed that many Teslas, but when you buy a Tesla, all of a sudden, it feels like Teslas are everywhere. <laughs> You know, and, and so the same thing happens to you when you when you start thinking down this path of where you're going to go in the future and what it's going to look like. All of a sudden, all these things that you never saw in the past now appear. And, and now you can start tackling them, start going towards this direction. And, and from that, you have really fascinating success paths that happen as a result. And, and it helps you to get there faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't even need to buy a Tesla in Southern California to, to see them everywhere. 
Yeah, yeah, that's probably not a good example anymore. That was a good example three years ago, you know. But but you know what I mean. It, it's maybe I had I should have said a a, a green uh, a green Subaru Outback, which I don't you know a, a dark green one or something like that. But you know what I mean. Yeah, it, yeah. The concepts there. Yeah, um, that so I'm a I'm a big uh, mountain bike enthusiast. I, I love to go mountain bike. My dad lives in Utah, so we we love to mountain bike up there. And, and a trick that he taught me when I was very young, because I was crashing into things and, you know, nearly severely injuring myself. And he goes, don't look at the things you don't want to hit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and if you can't, I, I think it's uh, eerily similar to what you're saying. It's like, look at the place that you want to go, mm-hmm. like focus on that area. And, and it's the same with you know, not dying in mountain biking. It's like, don't look at that tree if you don't want to hit it. Look, look at the path that you want to stay on. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, and how long does, and I'm sure this, you know, completely depends on the client and, and kind of like the depth of their growth mindset, but how, how long does the three to five X growth typically take? Yeah, that is highly dependent, you know, on on their existing size, number one, and and where they're go, um, and and the ability for it to scale. You know, for example, if you're in retail and you're selling online, that's way easier to grow towards. Versus if you're like in a fixed market, you know, how do you grow that substantially? Um, and and so it it what we what, once again what we try to do is we we especially when we're working on the three to five year plan, we, we, how long it takes is, is a matter of how much are you focusing to get towards there. And what, what's interesting is often what we find is that year one and year two goals are much harder because we haven't had the focus to do the right things, but the three to five year goals end up happening faster because momentum has started to take place. You know, one, one of the things of the challenge is somebody will like say, well, I want to add salespeople to grow this year. I want to grow this year. So I'm going to add salespeople. I'm like, fantastic. So how long, how long does it take to find a salesperson? And that'd be like, well, three to six months. And I'll be like, well, how long is it going to take them to become trained to be able to actually effectively add incremental sales that you weren't going to have before anyways? And that will be like three to six months. So you're telling me if we hire one salesperson, it might take somewhere between six, but more likely a year before they're actually have results. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So then why are we putting in our one year strategic plan as a part of our growth plan for this year? Is that as a strategy going to make a difference today? And they're like, oh, but it's going to impact next year, right? It's going to impact next year. So the investment that we're going to make with a salesperson today is going to help out year two and it's going to help out year three if we're doing the right things, but it's not going to help out today. And so having people's mindset of what am I going to do to start working on the things that's going to impact today, 90 days, 180 days. And, and then from there, and this, I know you didn't ask this, but, but how you get it there in faster is we all have goals. I mean, most people I know have goals of some type. And so we focus typically, Hey, we're, we want to grow 30%. We want to grow 50%. We want to triple in size. I'm like, fantastic. So what's your most important KPI? And they keep on talking about the end goal. They keep on talking the revenue. So that's not your most important goal. Your most important goal is 
tracking the things that you're going to need to do to get to there. So, so what that means for let's let's go back to um, sales again because it's always the easiest connection. Um, we need to get 20 new sales clients, and we have multiple different ways of getting there. If you're not, whether it's you know this old school picking up the phone, right, or whether it's reaching out in an, in an email, or whether it's doing a mailer, those are the th leading indicators that we should be tracking to validate the likelihood of getting that actual client. And so we should be tracking the lead actions. That's where all our focus should be on is from a management team, not in the outcomes. Because it's the focus on the leading incomes that's ultimately going to create the outcomes that's going to create that success in the long run. Those are the clients that kill it. Maniacal focus on the short term, on the key leading indicators, and it's what creates the wow outcomes, the lagging indicators down the road. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's awesome. Um, we are coming short on time. Um, is there a type of business or client that can best be helped with your methods and, and consulting? What I've found, honestly, and this is the tough part, I, I, my, my personal joy is from startup to billion. I found that I have a lot of success when somebody gets to three to 5 million up to 50 million. That's kind of my favorite, mm -hmm. but it, it, what I found is it doesn't matter what industry, it doesn't matter um, the vertical, it doesn't matter uh, even the who, it doesn't even matter if they're a not-for-profit organization. What they have to have is a, is a desire to have growth. And if they have a growth mindset and they're willing to learn a growth mindset, those are the type of organizations that we help and help very successfully. And they, and that's why keep, people keep referring us to do more work. Awesome. Well, what's the best way to develop a growth mindset? Mm. <laughs> that is an excellent question. I, I think that's about education and knowledge. You have to, our, our brain, our mindset is not growth by general. It is for some people, but it's not for most. And, and typically, honestly, our, our inner voice is telling us we're not good enough. And so big reason why I have all these books back here is to the social proof, if you may, the proof that it can be done. And so we have to continuously remind ourselves that other people have done it. So why not us? And, and that's what I think is what creates the growth mindset, because otherwise we keep on thinking, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I, I'm not able to do these, these things. I'm not as smart. I'll tell you what, people who are at the top and I've met people who are at the top aren't typically any smarter. They aren't typically born any more different. Honestly, most of them had nothing growing up. That is the majority of the population. The data says it. This is not something I'm making up. So what it means is that we're, we're really, most of us, are, contrary to popular belief, are on equal playing field. The question is, do you believe you can get there? And that is one of the hardest things to overcome. And, and that's why, once again, I think, I think education and your education started whenever you left your formal education. That's how you're going to get continuous growth mindset and believing that you can ultimately get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really uh, powerful point. Um, you know, if you don't believe you can get there, then 
you know, you never will. you're not going to get there. <laughs> That's right. You never will. You never will. And, and, and so there's something um, called the imposter syndrome. That is a super common thing. It's, it's relatively popular and people tend to get caught in the imposter syndrome. We all do. I do. Sometimes I get caught in this and I'm like, I'm not worthy. Why am I doing this? How, how can I have this opportunity? But, but what's fun is when you really look back and you look back at your successes and we all have our successes in our specific strength set. And, and, and you remember that, and then you keep on going, well, if I figure out that formula and I could figure, do this to put in a formula I had, we could do great things. And, and what I say is when you can't do it, you have to put people around you who fill your weaknesses. Focus on your strengths. Don't, don't presume you could do things you can't because there's a little bit of a thing, we could do everything. That's actually not true. We can't do everything. But if you partner yourself and, and hire or partner the right things or consult with, people that could give you guidance, then you can more likely uh, as a community, if you may, you know, get to the, to the top. And I can't tell you how much advice I've been able to glean from people that I've learned from over the years and that I continuously hire on a regular basis to support the things that to help my clients out. Because if I didn't do it, I'd be stuck. I'd be stuck with one client and very miserable and unhappy. And, uh, but, but um I, I'm not because I'm willing to let go. Uh, so that's another last thing is you have to let go. If you if you can think you can control everything, and if you think you can predict everything, we can't. And <laughs> and, and so that's the last bit. Is I I feel strategic planning is a hypothesis, not a fact. And so I work with people to have, once again to continuously learn, continuously have the mindset of, I don't care what you said today. We didn't have all information. And so we have to learn from the things that we tried and keep on focusing and doing the things that are working and get rid of the things that are not. Because the waste is the things that are not. But, but then being very focused on things that are, that's the Pareto principle, you know, the 80-20 rule, basically 20% of your activities have an 80% impact on our results. Yeah. So the real question is why are we spending our time with the 80, other 80%? And, and that's what that can make a massive difference for us on once again, creating a difference, having a great business. And, and um, I tell you what, uh, COVID created a great opportunity for restaurants. They cleaned out their menus. I don't know if you noticed this, you were going to the menus, all of a sudden, all, you couldn't find all the things you found. It was like, where was that goofy thing that I used to buy once a year? They got rid of that because they weren't making money on it and they had to find ways to be more profitable. And so a lot of restaurants ended up clearing it out and other companies did with clearing out the slow moving inventory. They made more money. That's the funny part. Even though they might've not had as much business, they were carrying a lot of waste, literally, that was being thrown away because it wasn't being used regularly. And now they just focus on what the customers need the most and they're creating a lot more value as a result. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I did notice that, but it, I didn't uh, connect those dots. That's uh, yeah. I think there there are a lot of uh, a lot of unintended positive consequences of uh, of the pandemic, and obviously a lot of negative consequences as well. Yeah, um, indeed. But uh, my my final question for you, um, and it is very open ended and ambiguous, and you can take it in any direction that you like. And that question is, what are you working towards? Mm. Yeah, actually I have that pretty clear. So um, it, 40 strategy, our goal is to impact a million people, 
10,000 organizations and 100 organizations myself personally over the next decade. And through that process and result of making a difference, we are donating the first 10% of our net revenues to charities. And we, I did that actually since day one, since I opened the business. Uh, even when had literally very first check, uh, for my very first check I sent out was to a, to 10% to charity. And uh, my goal is to, once again, to get over a million dollars uh, over the next decade. And we're on that path. And so it's, it's for me, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's, that's my um, joy is knowing that I'm making a difference in the world. And, and what I find is when you make a difference in the world, great things happen. You know, people, people realize when you're trying to give. And I, somebody said, it was like right in the middle of the, the pandemic and when everything was frozen for like, it felt like for six, eight to eight weeks. And I remember reading something on LinkedIn and, and they said, just add value, just add value. And it really helped me out during that because which, which means often just giving and, and through giving and what I found, and I'm fortunate, and I know this is not for everybody, but what I found is when I give, you get, you get rewards you don't expect. And I'm not just talking about giving money because I try to give time as well. I try to give 10% of my time. And through that, um, all of our clients come through referral. And once again, the charities have nothing to do with, but there's something about this giving process of helping other people out that people want, seem to want to give back. And uh, so I, anyways, I, that's been a big thing for me. And it's, as I said, it's what it, it, it gives me the, the willingness when I don't want to wake up at 5.05 in the morning to get out of bed and, and uh, keep, keep, uh, keep marching, keep, uh, keep running in the right direction so we can make a difference. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's really inspiring to, to, you know, from day one, you've been uh, given 10%. That's, that's really uh, special and unique. I have not heard any, anyone else uh, say that. So it's really cool. Uh, where, where can folks find out more about you? Uh, and now just one little thing I add, and then I'll share one of the neat things, Chris, that happened is one of somebody I was talking with, I told them about the story and they said, you know what? I love that, Carl. I'm going to give 5 million over the next 10 day, 10 years. So how cool is that? You know, once again, just a little tiny thing that I'm doing, this guy five X it and now is, is planning to give to charities with him. And it's like, for me, that was, that was so rewarding, you know? And so these are these little things you don't realize you're making an impact, but sometimes these little things you're dropping, these little seeds, somebody else picks it up and they, and they want to make a difference as well. But how, how people could find out more about us is the easy thing is just go on our website, 40strategy.com. And you could send us an email at catch, like catch a ball, C-A-T-C-H at 40strategy.com. You could also find us on LinkedIn, um, Carl J. Cox. And we also have a podcast called the Measure Success Podcast. You could find it in all the major uh all the major platforms, uh, be happy to listen. Please subscribe and add to that. I'd appreciate your support. It's been a lot of fun. We interview a lot of great people and get, I honestly get a lot of great insights and we've been adding that to the book that we're getting ready to publish uh, coming up here soon. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Carl, for, uh, for coming on. You, uh, you're, you're a very inspiring fellow and, and you're doing great work and you're, you're just a, a good guy that's fun to talk to as well. So th thank you for your time. 
Appreciate the kind words, Chris. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. To see the complete show notes, specific links to everything mentioned, and to download my free guide on the 14 ways to afford your dream life without really trying, please go to the show's website, anxiousfilmmaker.com. And don't forget to follow us on TikTok at anxiousfilmmaker and on Instagram at theanxiousfilmmaker to see short videos of the most valuable moments from this episode. And like Grandpa always said, stay interested and you'll always be interesting. Interesting.